today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Another uh, problem with going on with Ottawa, of course, uh, this all started with the SNC-Lavalin situation and the possibility of uh, political interference in, the, in a legal court decision. And uh, that led to the re- resignation eventually, of course, of uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould uh, from her cabinet post. She was obviously demoted from the attorney general's role. Uh, we assume, or she says anyway, because she wouldn't play ball with some of the power brokers there. Well, yesterday, the other shoe dropped. Jane Philpott resigned from cabinet, uh, declaring a lack of confidence in uh, the government following allegations of political interference in that SNC-Lavalin case. Joining us to talk about this is Duff Conacher, co-founder of Democracy Watch and adjunct professor at, at the University of Ottawa. Morning, Duff. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing fine. This is uh, this is uh, getting a little more uh, intense, I guess, with the resignation of of Jane Philpott, who uh, coincidentally is a good friend of uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould's. I guess they've known each other for quite some time. Uh, what do we read into this? I mean, depending on whose uh, op-ed piece you want to pick up today, the government is crumbling, our institutions are crumbling, uh, some are suggesting there's nothing to see here. Uh, where are we on this stuff? Well, there's definitely something to see when you have two ministers resign. Um, some had tried to spread the uh, <clears throat> the view that um, Jody Wilson-Raybould was miffed from being switched from Attorney General to Veterans Affairs and that this was all sour grapes trying to get back at Trudeau, but it's very difficult to say that about Jane Philpott. Um, And uh, she was a senior minister and handed very important portfolios by Trudeau, and and she's written a letter that includes the line, there can be a cost acting on one's principles, but there's a bigger cost to abandoning them, which is a pretty devastating thing to say about your prime minister, and and to say that... um, that she uh, has a loss of confidence, uh, given the government's handling of the SNC-Lavalin scandal. So it's, uh, it is a, a hit, definitely, against the government. And um, Trudeau is trying to say, well, you know, you have disagreements, and that's a democracy, and we actually encourage those kind of disagreements and discussions. But I'm sure he's reeling to see uh, one of his senior and most competent ministers resign. And, and call out uh, himself on ethics. Well, let's talk about ethics, and, and let's talk about the legal side of this. You teach law, of course. Uh, I, I want to try to, if we could, wade through the political bombast here of uh, calling for resignations, etc. What What are the ramifications of what's going on? I, I, we can tell you this much. Uh, you know, cabinet resignations are not necessarily fatal to governments. It's happened, I asked Theresa May about that over in the U.K. right now. Uh, I'm sure sometimes she walks into a cabinet room and wonders if anybody else is going to show up, but she's still in government and still in power for the time being anyway. But Indeed. but there, but there are legal implications to what's going on here, are there not? Very much so. Um, the first thing is Democracy Watch is calling in a second letter to the Ethics Commissioner. We filed the first letter on February 8th when this whole story broke. And we're calling on the Ethics Commissioner to ensure an expanded investigation into the actions of everyone who was named by Jody Wilson-Raybould last uh, Wednesday in her testimony before the Justice Committee. Uh, Because the initial story from the Globe and Mail was that it was people in the Prime Minister's office that had pressured her, and she named others, and the Finance Minister and some of his staff, uh, the Clerk of the Privy Council as well. And so she named 11 people, and DeMar Swatch is calling on the Ethics Commissioner to ensure that all of them are investigated for violating this rule in the federal ethics law, which says you can't try to uh, attempt to influence another person's decisions 
in a way that improperly furthers a person or a company's interests. And the issue here is that they were trying to influence uh, the former Attorney General's decision to step in and protect SNC-Lavalin's interests of not being prosecuted. So um, if, if, I mean, Jody Wilson-Raybould has disclosed that there were emails and texts so it's not just a he said, she said situation anymore. There's actually a written record there, and the ethics commissioner should ensure not that the ethics commissioner should do it because he was handpicked by the Trudeau cabinet, but that there is a fully independent and full investigation of all those communications of all the people involved, and anyone who did pressure her violated the federal ethics law. Who do you reach out to then, Duff? I mean, you're absolutely right. You want to make this as arm's length as possible, maybe two arm's length, I guess. And it's, that's pretty hard to do in yeah, that, uh, that culture arm, in Ottawa. Yeah, if you're an arm's length away, you can still be grabbed and shaken yeah. by someone, as I always like to say. So it's not far enough away. And the ethics commissioner was handpicked through a very secretive process where the uh, liberals lied to the opposition party members. Uh, leaders said they couldn't find anybody and had to reopen the process, and they reopened it and found this guy. And this guy, the ethics commissioner, Mario Dion, had a record of eight unethical actions, including be found, being found guilty of violating whistleblower rights twice by the federal court when he was integrity commissioner. So this is the guy we have as ethics commissioner, handpicked by the Trudeau cabinet, and democracy Watch's position is that there's an appearance of bias on his part because he was handpicked through such a questionable process. And he should refer it on to a provincial ethics commissioner who has no ties to any federal party or the federal government. And then we have more assurance of an independent and full investigation and a ruling that will actually uh, stand scrutiny from people. And we're very worried about Mario Dion covering this up because when he was integrity commissioner, he didn't fully investigate 140 complaints from whistleblowers. He buried them. So this guy has a very questionable record. Uh, he is the enforcer of the federal ethics law, but he also can delegate his enforcement powers to anyone else. And provincial ethics commissioners, like the Alberta ethics commissioner one time, faced a situation where someone involved in, in uh, the complaint was a friend of hers, and so she referred it on to the BC ethics commissioner because she didn't want to have the appearance of bias taint the investigation and the ruling, and that's what he should do as well. And we've seen this happen, you know, I guess on a micro level. I mean, you know, if there's something, for instance, untoward with a police service, uh, they usually ask for a police service outside of that jurisdiction to do the investigation or an independent body. Uh, exactly. Are those discussions ongoing in Ottawa right now? I mean, somebody's got to be able to try to determine which way they're going to go here. I mean, we've got to get some clarity on this. Even the Prime well, Minister admitted yesterday that, look, at there are a lot more questions that need to be answered here. Yes, well, if the Ethics Commissioner doesn't, refer it on and um, then issues a ruling that ignores the facts of the law, then Democracy Watch will be challenging that ruling in court. So we'll see what he does. Um, the RCMP, the new commissioner of the RCMP, was actually selected by a much better process. Uh, and uh, she was actually selected by a committee. Seven of the ten members of the committee are not from the government. And you compare that to how the Ethics Commissioner was selected. Every single member of, of the committee that selected him are people that serve at the pleasure of the Prime Minister and the Cabinet. So uh, why the Liberals use this one process to choose the RCMP Commissioner that was you know, far more independent from Cabinet than the process they used for the Ethics Commissioner, that's a question for them to answer. 
but we have, with this commissioner of the RCMP, someone who has been selected in a more independent way, and that should give more confidence to people that the RCMP will be investigating uh, in a more independent way and making decisions that are more independent. The RCMP has their own lawyers, and they also consult with Crown Counsel. In this case, they should consult with prosecutors who are not federal prosecutors, but who are, again, prosecutors at the provincial level in Ontario. Uh, and that, again, also would give a measure of independence to the decision-making. And there should be a full public written explanation of uh, a decision by the RCMP and prosecutors if they decide not to prosecute anyone in this situation for obstruction of justice. Because several lawyers who are experienced with criminal law have spoken out and said, that, that this could easily be decided to cross the line in, into breaking the criminal code rule uh, that prohibits obstruction of justice. And uh, Democracy Watch's position is, if that's the case, there should be a prosecution and the courts should decide whether the line was crossed because it's such an unprecedented situation. How do you how do you make that determination? And, and again, we're going back to this whole idea about independent investigations. Uh, and, and we've heard that sort of talk before, but invariably the politicians seem to want to get their hands in that in some way, shape, or form and say, okay, but we'll set the parameters. And we, we saw that happen with the Harper government when they were going after the, the, the Carl Hans Schreiber stuff. And I mean, you know, they, David Johnson, a very respected guy, was put in charge of that whole thing, but, but he had certain parameters and there were certain things they said, don't open that door. Uh, That's right. Is, is that going to serve any purpose at all? Well, the NDP are calling for that kind of public inquiry into the situation. And what the point I've been making is Trudeau would choose the commissioner or commissioners for the inquiry and also set the terms of the inquiry. And as you mentioned, Harper, under pressure, did set up an inquiry into Carl Heinz Schreiber and Brian Mulroney, but Mulroney was his mentor. And his self-declared public, publicly, Harper and Mulroney both said they're friends. And so what did Harper do? He protected his friend by saying that the inquiry can't look at the Airbus affair, which was the real heart of the matter with yep. Carl Heinz Schreiber. And then, uh, and then um, Harper chose the inquiry commissioner. He never should have been allowed to make that decision. He was in a conflict of interest. Uh, and we filed an, a complaint with the ethics commissioner, who Harper had also chosen. And not surprisingly, she said, there's nothing here, and made it all go away for Harper. So... A public inquiry doesn't get you an independent look at it because the prime minister chooses the commissioners and sets the scope of the inquiry. Um, with the uh, RCMP, again, the commissioner has been chosen uh, in a more independent way. But, again, a public written explanation needs to be issued if there's a decision not to prosecute. You know, we still don't know why Nigel Wright, uh, Stephen Harper's right-hand man, was not prosecuted when... Mike Duffy was prosecuted for taking a bribe from Nigel Wright. Well, why wasn't Nigel Wright prosecuted for giving the bribe? There's never been a public explanation of that, and the public has a right to know why that decision was made. Uh, some have said, well, we should have a special prosecutor. Well, guess who chooses the special prosecutor? The current attorney general, who has expressed loyalty to Trudeau. So, again, you don't get independent investigations through the special prosecutor system. We have a serious problem with independent investigations, I think our best hope is the RCMP, but they can't act secretly. Uh, five former attorney generals have written to them, four of them conservative and one NDP, attorney generals from the federal and, and provincial levels. Obviously, they have an agenda because the liberals are the ones in trouble. Um, we need 
independent investigations in this and full public explanations why people are not charged or not found guilty. And uh, hopefully we'll get that from the RCMP and we'll get an independent investigation assured by the ethics commissioner and uh, we'll get to the bottom of it. Because the Justice Committee is not going to get to the bottom of it, in part because it's full of partisan MPs who are sniping at each other based on not the facts and the evidence, but based on the fact that they come from one party or another. Well, and we saw that last week with uh, Wilson-Raybould's testimony. Aside from yeah, the, un- uh, the unusual thing with the committee was the liberals were attacking a liberal, yeah. and the opposition party members were defending the liberal. That's an unusual dynamic. But again, making decisions based on partisan lines and, and protecting their leaders and advancing the agenda of their party. I want to get your read on something else. We've got a minute or so left here, Duff. Uh, one of the subplots of this whole thing now is the discussion about separation of the, those roles of justice minister and attorney general, and, and maybe that's a discussion that we need to have. Uh, but but there's a clear distinction here that uh, that people seem to ride roughshod over, and uh, we saw this obviously manifest itself with the Wilson-Raybould situation, uh, which begs the question, if it's been going on like this for years and years, why haven't we had another blow-up similar to this? Or has, has that slash Justice Minister AG simply acquiesced to government policy in the past? Well, uh, the Attorney General before 2007 at the federal level did handle prosecutions. So there was never any pressure needed. They could just do it. And if they were pressured... Probably it did happen in the past to let off a friend of the prime minister or some company that donated a lot of money, and the attorney general just went along with it. You know, we, we'll just never know that history yeah. unless former attorney generals actually blow the whistle on themselves, really, for because they should have reported it publicly if it ever happened. Um, and that's across the country the same. Only B.C., Nova Scotia, and Quebec have a, a director of public prosecutions who's separate from the attorney general. In every other province, including Ontario, the Attorney General does intervene in prosecutions, and there is political influence over prosecutions, and uh, or at least the appearance of it. And we just don't know whether it's going on, and it's a bad system. It needs to be cleaned up. Uh, we've learned as well through this, Jody Wilson-Raybould pushed back on the appointments of judges and how much the P- Prime Minister's office was intervening in the appointment of judges. Um, that's the same across the country, except Ontario has a good system with an independent committee. But... We have political influence in law enforcement in every way across the country. Ontario facing a very big example right now with Doug Ford trying to appoint his close friend as the head of the OPP. None of this stuff should be allowed. Uh, And the the minister, deputy minister, shouldn't be making decisions about firing someone at the OPP, as happened yesterday as well with the firing of Deputy Commissioner Bill Blair. This is all political tainting of law enforcement. And law enforcement is supposed to be based on the facts and the evidence, not on political partisan interests of the party or a premier or a prime minister. Well, we've got blurred lines right now, and that's not helping. Duff, Indeed, thank- we got to clean it all up. Yeah. Duff, thanks as always. A little short on time. I do appreciate your perspective on this. Duff Conacher, of course, our co-founder of Democracy Watch. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.